take this moment to pray, shall we? Father God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your love, your great peace and compassion, oh holy God. Touch the heart of your children today, Lord. Healing to the sick and strength to the weak, oh God, I pray. The great hand of God touch each and every one in Jesus' great name. We give you praise. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. If you have a Bible this morning, we're glad for those of you that are here with us. Sal, I might want to help your friend behind you. And uh, we're turning to the book of Isaiah. Turning to Isaiah chapter 33. I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. Isaiah 33 and 5. The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. Verse 6, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Everybody said praise the Lord. Okay. Going to work for a little while this morning on stability. Stability. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Glad for each and every one of you that are here this morning. We want to take a look at God's Word. We are living in times that are, I would consider to be particularly unstable. It, uh, you know, if something's stable, it's, it has a characteristic or a person is of character that they have a con constant about them. They're constant there. They're not up and down. Or there's some people can't do the same thing twice in a row, look like. And, uh, you know, when you, you think of words in the Bible like settled and particularly established, or sometimes in the Bible starts with an S, established. And uh, even the word strengthened. And uh, it's important in the time in which we live. People are so confused and so very mixed up. And with the tremendous amount of control that the enemy has worldwide uh, through the media, whether it's whether you call it television or cable or Newspapers and magazines, publications of one kind or another. There is a tremendous amount of uh, control that the enemy is exercising over people 
that uh, they're not aware of, that, of, of it in their lives. They're not really awakened and cognizant, shall we say, of what exactly is going on. And people are being turned in certain directions. They're being, shall we say, led to do certain things and act certain ways. And they're being convinced that it's really cool. It's really in. It's really hip. And they're down with it. You know. And uh, but they don't realize that their lives are being destabilized. Uh, they can't seem to find their footing. In an airplane, there's actually a part of the plane that is called a stabilizer. Even in watercraft, that also has been used, stabilizers, to help steady. One of the definitions of stable or stability is steadfastness or a steadiness. And uh, as I say again, we're, we're living in a world that is not showing these kind of qualities or characteristics, but they're showing quite the opposite, that people are so confused, they don't know whether they're male or female. I know it sounds funny in a sense, but it's a very real situation. I would say it's a problem, but there are some people that will fight you tooth and toenail over that. And they don't like you to, to take any kind of stand like that. Somehow or another, they want to twist that to make it seem like if you stand for something or you're fixed, didn't David say my heart is fixed? Uh, if you're, you're, your thoughts are fixed, your, your um, beliefs are fixed, and that you cons consequently you have a, a steadiness and a stability in your life. People don't like that. Uh, they, can, they can take that. They do take that. And they, they make you to look, uh, they place you in a negative light. They make you look like uh, you're inflexible or that you're harsh or mean or something like that. But you know, I realize that people can definitely call the right wrong. They call the good bad. I also realize that they have ways of getting around things uh, with words and phrases. They'll simply say that it's a new norm. This is the new norm. Well, I'd like to tell you that the new norm comes from being born again of, of water and spirit. New norm comes from repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the new norm. <clears throat> that makes a new you, a new us. It takes us out of sin and darkness and confusion and brings us into the light, brings us into stability. People are so mixed up that they really don't know what they believe. And uh, they're just bouncing around to and fro, 
going in all kinds of strange and odd directions. And, and, and they can't seem to find their, their footing. The Bible uses the word slippery. And uh, I've heard people talk about even a slippery slope uh, once you start departing from the Word of God, the teachings of God, you can find yourself definitely on a slippery slope. Now, God wants to make things in our lives to where we don't slip and we don't slide backwards. He, the enemy doesn't like when you call a spade a spade and a wheelbarrow a wheelbarrow, so to speak. He doesn't like you. The enemy likes the shadows. He likes the darkness. The Bible said men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But the church, through the salvation of God, and we read to you in Isaiah 33, the strength of our salvation. This is not a weak salvation. The Lord didn't bring a weak salvation, church family. He didn't bring uh, something that you couldn't stand upon. He didn't, he didn't bring something that you couldn't, uh, again, find stability upon. Quite the opposite. He, he did bring a strength, and he did bring something that, well, it is written, he leads us to the rock that's higher than we are. He lifts us up out of the things that, are, that we're drowning in and that we're unable to find that footing, as I said. And uh, in life, we are born in sin, and we are shapen, or if you like, misshapen by iniquity, okay, by sin, by darkness, by the enemy. We do have an enemy. You need to realize that. And he wants to... Uh, He wants to cause people to, he knows they're lost to begin with. He wants to keep them lost. And his greatest fear is this strong salvation. He wants to challenge everything God has said and done. And he wants to take issue with it. He wants to run it down. He wants to get people to think opposite what God says. But see, the church, the body of Christ, it's founded upon a sure foundation. It is written in Ephesians 2 and 20 that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That which the enemy got men to set it not, to put it down, to even crucify it. The Bible said that the Lord, who establishes things, who strengthens, who steadies and stabilizes things, through the knowledge and the wisdom that he gives to the body of Christ, no wonder Jesus suffered as he did 
a reference to the flesh. Don't get mixed up. A reference to the flesh. And that flesh suffered and died on the cross. That flesh took all of the abuse, all of the put-down, and he did it for us. He did it for what he had prayed and envisioned that the Spirit would give to him. That would become the body of Christ, the church. That people just like you and I would come out of darkness, that we would listen and we would obey what God has to say. I found that, you know, I came to the church. Maybe I should say the church came to me. <laughs> somebody witnessed to me. Thank God for somebody that witnessed to me. And uh, I didn't know anything. Never had read the Bible. Had no knowledge of the Scriptures at all. And, uh, but upon being witnessed to and then beginning to read the Scriptures, the light began to shine and the darkness began to be dissolved and dispelled. And same thing with doubt. God began to remove those things out of my mind, my heart. And uh, I began to see the light, that great grace of God appeared unto me, that favor of God, along with that love of God. And that taking place, it gave me an opportunity to get this strength of this salvation. I tell you again, this salvation isn't weak. This foundation isn't weak. And when Jesus gave his life on the cross, having shed the blood of God, poured out His Spirit on people just like you and I. Those people came into the body of Christ, into the church, just like I did. The same salvation that saved Peter, James, and John, his own mother Mary, and the other devout ones that had gathered together in the upper room. They, uh, they got this great salvation. They got this great strength. It literally pulled them out of the fire. That same salvation that saved them in the beginning, the same that saves people today. There has been no change. He said, I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. You can count on God to be constant. You can count on God to put stability in your life. As I said, you know, I came in, I, I, just, I really had nothing. Really had nothing. I was uh, so unstable employment-wise that I had to work five jobs just to try to keep the roof over the head, the rent paid and some food on the table, and, uh, you know, the basics of life. Five different jobs. I remember working for a dollar an hour. Only I finally left that job because they said they were going to start taking taxes out. 
couldn't see much point in working if they were going to do that. And uh, so I had to let that one go. And uh, I did a little odds and jobs here and there and whatever I could find. Um, tried different things. A lot of things didn't work, didn't fit. Even flew airplanes. Went to college for a little while and thought maybe I'd become a pilot. But God had other plans. And you know, God's plans are better. And I found that out. I found that out. I, uh, so I wasn't a pilot of airplanes. I became a sky pilot. That's what the, the Marines call a preacher. I became a sky pilot. The Lord called me to preach after, well, after which he then filled me with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And I reported to my pastor and I told him how I felt. He told me, began to tell me what to do. Tell you what, it's, it's another thing that, and the Bible talks about it, uses the word rudder, and uh, God puts a rudder in your life. It gives you, it stabilizes and gives you direction, keeps you from veering right and left, and maybe even going in circles. I remember as a young boy, I was at a camp one time, and, and we, we got in a canoe, never had canoed. There's a little different thing to canoeing than there is to a rowboat. There's similarities, but there's a difference, too. And, and uh, so I had the guy in the front, and I'm in the back, and he's got his paddle, and I got my paddle. So we pushed off of the dock, and you know what? 30 minutes later, we hadn't gone anywhere. <laughs> we, were just, we didn't know what we were doing, and we were just, I don't even know that we were able to go in circles. We just weren't able to do much of nothing. <laughs> Because we didn't know what we were doing. We needed somebody to give us some instructions. We were in need of wisdom and knowledge. And, uh, you know, it's nice to come in to the church through the born-again experience. And that's the only way you can come in. And that means that you, if you're, you should be asking, what should I do? What must I do? That's what they asked in the Bible. What's the next step? They were told to repent. That means you tell God you're sorry. And it means that you bring forth a repentance that's proper and worthy. Okay? That you show a fruit of repentance. I don't know of anybody here you're going to want to go, really want an apple, and go to an apple tree and uh, wind up looking up at the tree and you're told it's an apple tree or say an orange, an orange tree, but there's no apples and there's no oranges. That's going to be somewhat disappointing. So it's the same thing. If we really mean business with God and we really mean we're sorry, then we're going to bring forth some proper fruit of our repentance. There's going to be a change in our direction. We're not going to go the places we used to go. We're not going to hang out with the crowd we used to hang out with. 
We're not going to do the things we used to do. We're looking to make a change for the good, okay, for the good. And that's, I remember that happening in my life. And uh, because I'd been hanging out with the wrong crowd, I'd been going the wrong places, I'd been hearing the wrong things and speaking the wrong things. And, but God got a hold of my heart. Your heart is the seat of your thoughts and your intellect and your emotions. Not this natural pump here that pumps the blood through your system. That's not what the Bible's talking about there. And I, I began to read the Bible, and I began to listen to my pastor. And, uh, you know, I remember a, a guy came by our church, and he, he exhibited a very smart aleck attitude, very smug and very smart aleck, and very exalted and very lifted up and very... All that. I'm brand new in the Lord. You know, I don't hardly know anything. And uh, but I was very happy to have the Holy Ghost. I was very happy to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You can come on in, David. We got a seat for you. I was very happy to to just be excited. I felt like a big load had lifted off of me, and and I. Wasn't in darkness anymore. I wasn't in confusion anymore. I wasn't destabilized anymore. I wasn't unsteady in life anymore. And I felt like every day and every step and every chapter and verse I was reading, every service I was in, that I was growing grace and knowledge and that my life was stabilizing and that I was feeling a strength and a steadiness and a sureness. I was receiving the sure mercies of God. And that I was on a, being put on a foundation that was steadfast, unmovable, and that I was able to grow, abound in the right things for the first time in my life. And I was just a young man. And I remember this smart aleck came to the church in the service. And after church was over, I had a, I was always trying to do something to help the pastor in the church. And so that particular night, I don't know, I was sent to the kitchen to do something. And, and I was in there, and whatever I was doing, I was the only one. And all of a sudden, the door burst open, and in came this smart aleck guy. And uh, he said to me, hey, you got the Holy Ghost, don't you? Just like that. And I looked at him. And I, you know, I'm brand new, and, but I knew something was discordant. Something wasn't right. It was off key. And I, I just said, yes, I do. And he said, well, the Bible said then that you have an anointing within you, and you have no need for any man to teach you. Now, I'm brand new in the Lord, church family. I mean, I'm, I'm a couple of weeks, months. I'm, I, I'm brand new. And I looked at that guy, and I said, well, I said, my anointing 
that God gave me, the Holy Ghost, teaches me to obey my pastor. And he just shut up, turned around, and walked back out the door. He came in. And I thought, well, that was taken care of real good. You know, it's good to know what you got. And it's good to appreciate what you've been given. People, they set Jesus at naught. They, they gave him trouble. They, they argued and they reasoned naturally. And even at that point where the ruler a sinful, unbelieving ruler at the feast time is saying, Jesus standing there, and he's saying, I've examined this man. I find no fault. I find no fault. But then the voices of confusion begin to rise up. They begin to make accusations, and say all kinds of things. And again, he's like, it's a feast day. I, I am to set somebody free. So I'll, I'll set him free. And they said, no, no. You set Barabbas free. Now, they all knew. Every one of them knew, and the ruler knew that Barabbas was a murderer. They knew he was guilty. They knew that he had broken the law. They knew that he didn't listen to anybody. Nobody could tell him what to do. They knew that, but they still wanted him. They chose him, chose to follow him, chose to be with him. And there, there stood Jesus. Opened the blind eyes, unstopped the deaf ears, raised the dead, cleansed the leper, helped people from A to Z constantly. Yet they chose, they chose Barabbas. Showed something was wrong in their hearts. Then they begin to chant. A spirit got a hold of them further, and they begin to chant to crucify him. Crucify him. And so, that's what happened. That's what happened. But thankfully, thankfully, to our benefit and the benefit of this lost and dying world, that a after he was crucified, after he took it like no other man ever took it, the scriptures not only were fulfilled in that a bone of him was not broken, even as the scriptures cannot be broken. Seventy-two hours later, he rose again from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. 
Victory's coming, church family. Victory's coming. The Lord, the Lord has something great in store for his church, both now and forever. There will be trying times. There will be hard times. There will be tribulation escalating to the point that it will become great tribulation. It's even written that when John had the vision, John the Revelator had the vision. The question arose, who are these? And the answer came back. John, I don't know. I don't know. But you know. You know. Always remember, God knows. And he can impart wisdom and knowledge. And he said, the fear of the Lord, your respect for God and the way he does things, how he does it, and the way he set it up will be your treasure. That you have a treasure in your life. And the Bible did say that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's put something in us when we repent. And then we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And all those sins are forgiven. I'm, I don't ever want to forget the day that I came up out of those waters of baptism and all my sins were forgiven. And there was a whole bunch of them. I don't ever want to forget that. I don't want to forget where he brought me from. I want to keep that somewhere close to the top of my memory. I want to give thanks continually unto God for saving me. Saving me. Amen. Amen. It's a, it's a treasure that's beyond priceless. Jesus is the pearl of great price. And he has given us a treasure in these earthen vessels, the Bible says. And part of that is our fear of God, our respect for God, our reverence for God. I was telling some of the young ones that there's just some things that you don't do when you get this salvation doesn't mean you might not ever make a mistake. Not saying that. We're working on being complete or perfect. I'm sure most of us feel like we got quite a ways to go. But that's all part of why God set in the church. God did that. He set in the church apostles, prophets, pastors. He did it for the Completion of the saints, among other things. The work of the ministry, 
God did that. He set that in the church. God gave you a pastor to help you. Not to, not to criticize. Not to badmouth. Not to talk back to or talk down to. He put, a, he put that in the body, that gift, to help you, to bless you, to encourage you, to direct you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, and to help you stay saved. I've told you many times, it's not enough to get saved. You got to stay saved. God's got a program. We want to work with it. If you work with the church, which is the body of Christ, not the building, it's the body of Christ. If you work with it, it'll have a stabilizing effect on your life. People will see that. They know. They're going to know where you're at on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. They're going to know where you're at on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. And they're pretty much going to figure most of the other times you're involved in some way, in the body of Christ, the church. You're involved. Everybody said amen. They're going to know that your life is clean. They're going to know that you're not up and down and that we're not playing hokey pokey. We're not in and out of the church. The only thing we're going to be in and out of is from one pasture or feeding and grazing place to another. That's certainly what the Bible teaches. But we're not bouncing from pastor to pastor. And you might also want to remember that the apostle said, there's going to be a whole lot of voices. There's going to be a whole lot of people say a whole lot of things. He said, there'll be a, a big number of that. He said, big number of instructors. Maybe he said 10,000 instructors. He said, but not many fathers. Right in your Bible, right there, in the Scripture. To realize that God gives us the strength of His salvation. He gives us knowledge, and He gives us wisdom in an unstable world. He gives you identity. He gives you identity. So you can know who you are. You can know what you've got. Jesus said, I know whence I come. And he said, I know whither I goeth. Give you direction. He'll give that to you. You'll know how you got in the church. And you'll know and learn and be taught how to stay in the church. That you're not bouncing around. 
bouncing off the walls, so to speak, and finds yourself in slippery places and going backwards when your Bible teaches a constant forward motion, the forwardness even of your mind, the Scripture says. Your mind's not thinking about going backwards. Your mind's thinking about going forward. That's in the Scripture, the forwardness of your mind. The living creatures that Ezekiel was given a vision to see, they moved forward. They moved forward. And I tell you, God's church is moving forward. Will there be hindrance? Oh, yeah. Just like Jesus was hindered. Sure, in the days of his flesh. Yeah. But just when they thought they had him down, he rose again. And how did he rise? With victory over death, hell, and the grave. Shaking the keys in the face of the devil. Amen. He's the only one I ever read about that went to hell and came back, too. Might want to think about that. Three days and three nights, the Bible said, in the heart of the earth. I'm quite sure everybody down there was mighty glad to see him. But we don't have any results of his visit to hell not written in the scriptures, not given to us. But he went there. And I'd like to believe that he went there more than to be a witness, more than just to fulfill the gospel being preached to them. Because I believe this, this gospel brings results, the right kind of results. So because of that, I have reason to hope I have reason to hope. Everybody said, praise the Lord. But uh, I, don't plan to, <laughs> I don't plan to try to try that out. Not at all. Let's go forward. Let's go to heaven, Bedwood. Let's go to heaven. Let's go to heaven. Let's lay aside every weight, things that weight you down. Sometimes people say, why don't you do that? Well, I don't do it because it, it would be a weight unto me. It would be a distraction unto me. It would cause me to go in the wrong direction. And I don't want to impede the forwardness of my direction. I want to press toward the mark for the prize the high calling in God, which is in the church. We're, we're supposed to know where we're going. We're going forward. We're going ahead. We're going to get our lives stabilized. You know, it's a wonderful feeling to wake up and, or to come up out of the waters of baptism. To be filled, then, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God comes into your heart. 
and you're saved. Saved means to be delivered. Delivered means to be saved. And that you don't need alcohol anymore. You don't need. You know how many people have died in the last, in the last five months locally from heroin overdose? There's a, it speaks of a tremendous need in people's life that's not being met. So they go find a drug. And they start killing themselves with whatever drug of choice they wind up partaking of. But you can have a new norm. I mean, I know that's the same old you drinking the same old drink, doing the same old drugs, living the same old life, going the same old. The Bible teaches that one man followed another man going in circles. Going in circles. It reminds you of the the guy that was at his house and his friend came over and his friend said, hey, what are you doing? He said, well, he said, I'm about to take a, a walk around the block and then I'm going to kill myself. He said, ah, I said, come on, I'll take that walk with you. So they walked around the block together and then they both killed themselves. Well, that's how good thing was that this guy Though he was going in circles, on that particular day, it had purpose to it because he was waiting on the second guy. And when the second guy showed up, he led him out and away from going in circles. And that's what the church will do for you. We're looking for people that are going in circles. I was going in circles. I was in a mess. And the church found me, a witness to me. God's grace saved me and delivered me. Set my feet on a solid rock and fixed my heart to go forward. And this guy coming out of the same old, same old. I like what the Bible said, him that stole, lied, said, don't do that anymore. Delivered from it. Saved from it. How come you're not drinking anymore? Don't need it. Got something better. How come you're not doing that? I remember a guy came into church. He had a a week habit. Now that back then was a lot of money. Nowadays that's probably fifteen hundred a day. But back then it was that was a lot of money. And uh, it was in the seventies. And um, he got the Holy Ghost. He got delivered. He didn't take the drugs anymore. He didn't have to spend that money on that anymore. So when people said, 
where you been? You know, you, you haven't been around. They kind of missed the income, you know. He bought their, his drugs from them. He said, oh, no, man. He said, I, I got saved. I, I got delivered. I don't, I don't need that anymore. My life's going forward and upward. Oh, yeah, he's just one of many. One of many. Seen some pictures of that festival called Woodstock. Once a year they kind of celebrate it, you know, and some people do. A lot of people talk about it and wish they'd have been there and all that kind of jazz. Well, I was there. And there wasn't nothing there to be about. Bad weather, mudslides, people dying from overdose of drugs. It was a mess. Of course, people went away saying how great it was. That's people for you. They're not going to go away and say it was no good. But you know, it wasn't too long after that that got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus. Got called to preach. I'm looking back 46 years and some months. I don't miss Woodstock. I don't miss, I don't miss any of the concerts that I one time went to. I don't, I don't miss any of the things I did wrong. I don't miss those things at all. Thankful that I'm free from those things. All those shackles dropped off. You know, there was that guy that came out of the Caves. Two of them came out, actually. One of them, I guess he didn't stick with it because we don't read about him. We just read about the one guy. But boy, do we read about that one guy. That one guy, by the grace of God, the strength of the grace of God, had pulled that man came. Oh, he was, he looked like he came out of Woodstock. His hair was going in every kind of direction. His, he didn't own a razor, and if he did, he wasn't using it. Clothes were all tattered if there was any clothes. There was a lot of nudity at Woodstock. There was a lot of people just walking around naked, very immodest. Others doing a lot of very silly and stupid things. And this guy came out of his own personal Woodstock, if you please. And he was being pulled by the grace and the power of God. He comes and falls at the feet of Jesus Christ. Really nice to be able to come and fall at the altar. That you can bring all your dirt, and you're not going to be condemned. You're not going to be put down. You're going to be delivered. You're going to be saved. There were chains hanging off of them. They tried to bind them, but they couldn't. Nothing worked. Couldn't go around his family. He was of no value to them. All he did was bring trouble and destabilization. Boy, he now he's at the now he's at the altar. 
Simple question was asked. What's your name? <laughs> he said, my name is Legions. There's a lot of devils in me. Nobody do nothing with me. I don't listen to anybody. Well, that all ends today. That began to sound pretty good to him. And it sounded real bad to the devils. You read your Bible where the devils started begging. They started begging. Because they knew that they're about to be casted out. They were going to lose their place where they were living in this man. They started begging to, if they could go live in a bunch of pigs. Because there was a greater fear in those devils' lives. There's this place called the deep, the abyss, hell. Oh, man, they didn't want to go there before the time. They like running around planet Earth. They like inhabiting people, people that don't have God. People that don't have what Jesus said, after that you get the Holy Ghost. You'll receive power. And I'll give you all power over the power of the enemy. And you'll be able to tread upon scorpions and serpents. And nothing shall by any means hurt you, harm you. That's in your Bible. Jesus, as the church, he casted out those devils. And everybody's looking for this guy. They're looking for him, but they don't see him. They don't see this wild, woolly, crazy, helter-skelter guy. They don't see him. All they see is this guy sitting. He goes to church now. <laughs> He's got a some decent clothes. They don't have to be, you know, designer. Just modest, decent. Something that fits within the standard, the guidelines, the boundaries. Okay, okay. Well, why do we have to do that? Why not? I can think of a lot of reasons that we need to do things. Because when we didn't do it, we were unstable. We were crazy. We were just bouncing off the walls. We were just headed for a devil's hell. We were just doing what the devil wanted us to do. We've had a lot of people say that they when they got the Holy Ghost and they got their lives were cleaned up and they were delivered and they didn't want anything to do with the old sinful lifestyle anymore. We had a lot of them say how hard they lived for the devil. They said, now that I'm delivered, I want to live hard for God. I want to go for God. I want to do for God. There's a thankfulness 
there's an appreciation. Where'd that guy go? Oh, he's, he's in church now. He's worshiping God now. And, uh, yeah. The Bible said he was sitting. He was clothed. And he was in his right mind. Jesus will give you a right mind. He'll order your, your steps and your thoughts. He'll stabilize you. He'll keep you from going in circles. Get you out of this world where you just keep going around and around making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And the boredom of it. The hopelessness of it all. He wants to give you his spirit in your heart and calls it the hope of glory. He wants to put that in you. The Lord has so many good things in store for people who will work with his plan and his program. I'm turning to Romans because I'm watching that clock go around. It has a way of doing that. Romans has 16 chapters, and I'm turning to the 16th chapter. Verse 25. You could say, you could say that uh, I'm too bad. I've done it too wrong. I, uh, I've dug a hole so deep I can't get out. I've made so many mistakes. You could say that. You could feel that way. But that's how we all felt at one time, pretty much. Found ourselves in some kind of mess. And God saved us. God delivered us. God pulled us out. And he can do that for you. Just like he did for the, probably the person sitting in front of you or behind you or next to you. Everybody said amen. I mean, if you want to spend the rest of your life in jail, okay. You want to spend the rest of your life on the streets, okay. And if you want to spend world without end, eternity in hell, where there's nothing but torment, your choice. All bad choices, though. There is an alternative. You can live your life totally unstable, unsteady, off balance, if you choose to. Or, or you could choose to let God Work a miracle in your life. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Romans 16, verse 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Well, that's a good idea right there. <laughs> Let the favor of God be with you. 
now to him, verse 25, that is of power to establish you, to stabilize you, to set your feet on a solid rock, to help you to dig deep because you're listening to God's word. And you can get on the foundation. Foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now to him that is of power to establish you or stabilize you according to my gospel. I like that. You can get a little bit possessive about God's truth. And you can use that possessive personal pronoun, my, my gospel, my gospel. You know, you've ever seen um, children, you know, and they get, they get a little childish, you know, being children, they get a little childish, they get a little, you know, the way they are, and they, mine, mine, you know, they could be in a room with a thousand toys. They usually are. And uh, another child is brought over, maybe doesn't have anything to play. And every, every toy that the child that has nothing picks up, the other one that has everything wants that. Mine! <laughs> well, you know what? There's so much of this gospel. You can say mine on this one. You can claim this one. You can have this one. But I will tell you, you're going to have to learn to share. If you don't know how to share, that just means you must not ever go into kindergarten. Because that's something you learn in kindergarten. You learn to share. Somebody said one time, all the things they, they needed to learn in life, they learned it in kindergarten. And you just grow up with it, all those principles, you know. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. This truth of repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and all the teachings that follow it, all the, the standards and the guidelines that are there to stabilize you. The great revelation. Perhaps the greatest. You want to appreciate what God's done for you. You want to appreciate what all he's given you. Because not everybody has it, unfortunately. Paul said, I speak that to your shame. We want everybody to have it, don't we? Sure we do. Moving on. Everybody said, praise the Lord. First Thessalonians. So you just move forward a few books. First Thessalonians. Following the book of Colossians, you will find... 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. 
I'll begin with verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Is the ministry growing in your life? He said, even as we increase and abound in love toward you. Hopefully you're reciprocating, even as we do toward you. Verse 13, to the end, there's a purpose in this. To the end, he may establish you, that he may strengthen you, that he may settle you, that he may stabilize you. And your hearts, unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Everybody said amen. amen. Moving right over a page to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. I'll back up to 16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, reference to the Spirit, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, Comfort your hearts and establish you, stabilize you in every good word and work. Same book, chapter 3, just almost like continue reading. I'll just start with verse 1, why not? Finally, brethren, this is 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1. Finally, brethren. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is within you or with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you or stabilize you and keep you from evil. God can do that, church family. And I like what verse 4 said, and we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. Woo! The preacher's commanding. Imagine that. And he said in the Lord, direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Here he goes again, verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. The tradition, the standard, the teachings, the guidelines which he received of us. Everybody said, praise the Lord. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Stay with the book, church family. It'll help you. I promise. I'm turning to James chapter 5, coming towards the end of the Bible. James chapter 5.
going to begin with verse 7 of James chapter 5. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, look, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Verse 8, be ye also patient, establish your hearts. You got to participate, church family. You know, God's going to do his part. Leadership's going to do their part. But you got to do your part. Okay? One place in the Bible even said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. It's, there's those that are rebellious. There are those that are disorderly. There are those that aren't going to do right. He said, save yourselves from that. You do your part. So notice what he says here. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. You stabilize yourself. Get your balance. Get your balance. Get steady or steadfast in the faith, in the Lord. He said, for the coming of the Lord draws near or nigh. Everybody said amen. I'm going to try to finish up here in 1 Peter 5. And there's so many good things, it's hard to know where to start. But I, I'm going to start with verse 6. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You know, God brings you into the church, and he wants to stabilize you so that he can trust you with his blessings. I've said it many times. I want God to give every one of you a limousine. I want him to give you the limo of a life, a beautiful life. And that in him doing that, you won't drive off from the church. You won't leave. He wants to put every good thing in your heart, in your life. Come back again to that appreciation that thankfulness for what all the Lord not only has done, but what he's doing. It's a continuation, a continuation. Won't you let him do the good in your life? Won't you let him root and ground and settle you and plant you so that you can grow up and bear the fruit that you are ordained to bear? Fruit unto eternal life? Won't you humble yourself? He said, casting all your care upon him. You feel like you got a load? You feel like you got things inside? You got, feel like there's things that bother you and upset you? He said, cast it upon him. Bring it to him. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because you have an adversary, the devil. He's as a roaring lion. He's walking about 
seeking whom he may devour. Crucify him. There's a devil. He rose up through those people and crucified the very thing they needed. Aren't you glad it was part of the plan? Look how it turned out for the good. I want you to believe that God's got good things in store if you would just only believe. Let's get going in the right direction here. He said about this devil, verse 9, he said, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. You're not the only one going through it. There's others, people all over the world. And it's been said, somebody down the road's got it worse than you do. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, believe it or not, a little suffering is good for us. that he would make you complete or perfect, and that establish, strengthen, and settle you. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. He wants to ground you securely. You know? There are times in boating when the storms could be so bad, the wind so boisterous, that not only the necessary equipment, but people have to be lashed to the deck. They have to be tied down, lest they get blown right overboard, thrown right overboard. A bad swell and that boat will go left and right and yawn it can throw a person right overboard into those bad, bad, choppy waves and seas, and they drown, never to be seen again. But God said, I want to strengthen you. I want to, I want to ground you securely. I want to stabilize you, establish you, settle you. The church will do that. It'll do that for you. It'll give you knowledge. It'll give you wisdom in a world that's a loco de la cabeza. <laughs> they're crazy in the head. They don't know what they're doing. They don't even know who they are. Wanting bathrooms to be open to everybody because some people don't know who they are. They wake up in the morning as a male and they go to school and all of a sudden they decide they're a female kind of world we're living in. And Washington put the law right through, signed it. Nobody, nobody said a thing. Nobody withstood it at all. Nobody said anything. So don't look to the governments of this world. Don't look to the leaders of this world. Lift up your eyes and your hearts, and your hands, and look to God. Fear Him. 
respect him, love him, appreciate him. Stability is what people are going to find when they come to the church, and it's what they're really going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for that stability. They're going to be looking for that. Get tied down to this. Get locked into this. Let your heart get fixed. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, let's stand together. God love your heart. You've been a good congregation this morning. Either that or you've been sleeping, one or the other. Hopefully a good congregation. I'd like to believe that. Everybody said hallelujah. All right, I want you to take a moment. We're going to pray. Let's do that together, okay? Father God, thank you. Thank you for life and strength and good health. The many, many blessings of God the truth of God, the love of God, the power of God. Thank you, God, for the stabilizing effect of the Holy Ghost in our lives, Lord, for pulling us out of the fire. Oh, God, I give you thanks and praise and glory and honor. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for caring about us. I give you praise in Jesus' great name. Everybody said hallelujah. Well, let's give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. If you're at wit's end, and that's Bible, they come to their wit's end. If you're at wit's end, and you don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to happen, just keep on keeping on. Do right and keep doing right. As I said, hold up your hands, hold up your hearts, hold up your head, square your shoulders. And keep doing right. Keep going forward for God. Don't compromise. Don't let down. Don't quit. Hang in there. Believe him. It looked pretty bad when they brought out a bloodied, whipped, seemingly beaten, didn't even look like a man, carrying a cross up a hill. Didn't look very encouraging or promising now, did it? Oh, friend. When he gave up the last breath and died on the cross, the clock started ticking. Seconds started going by and it turned into minutes. The minutes turned into hours. And come the end of the 72nd hour, the third day, Oh, something glorious took place. God's got his time in church family. He's going to find out who's faithful. He's going to find out who's going to hang in there, who's going to get good and stabilized, and that people are going to come. I'm telling you, the Bible said every island is going to be moved out of its place. You're talking about destabilized. The stars are going to fall from heaven. Think about that. You're talking about a shaking in the land. But the church, the church is going to be rock solid. Hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on now. Yes, Lord.
Amen. All right. Let's all say God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. All right. Our men are coming forward. We thank you.